Hey, everybody. Um, wow, our kids have got a head start this morning. They did incredible. Can you give them a round of applause? Guys, I hope, I hope that's, that serves as a little bit of a reminder to what goes on in those rooms every single Sunday. On Sundays, when you guys are in here, there's usually about 70 kids in there. There's about 100 kids on the roster. So there's literally a whole other service going on. And we're just so grateful for how we get to invest in uh, the lives of the kids, knowing that Christ cares deeply for the children. And I hope you guys are reminded of that this morning, that we are a church that cares for our young people and our children. So these guys have a head start on Hebrews chapter 11. I'm going to pray again. But God, we just come before you this morning. God, we thank you um, just for this time together. We thank you for your church. God, we thank you that it doesn't, uh, church doesn't start when you're, you're 18, but church starts as a, as a family. And God, that our children are deeply a part of our church. I pray, God, that we will um, love them really, really, really well as a church. God, would you speak through your word now as we look at Hebrews chapter 11. God, that beautiful passage. We're inspired by the faith of many men and women. In Jesus' name, amen. Our kids already, why we're looking at Hebrews 11, even though we're in great stories, even though this, 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 this passage is really applicable to the series, we're in great stories. But these guys looked at this passage last week, so they have a little bit of a head start on us. And what these kids already know is that in Hebrews chapter 11, what you get there, as Maddie said, is, is a list of famous people in the Bible. These, guys, these folks in the Bible, they're kind of like Bible celebrities. But there isn't only, as you guys know, there isn't only famous people in the Bible, right? Let, let's see up on the screen um, if we can spot some famous people today. Do you see some famous, famous celebrities or people up there? Who, who, who is there at that soccer game in Miami? Who do you, who do you see up there? Serena Williams. Who else we got? Messi. Who else we got? Huh? King James, LeBron James, anybody else? Kim K. Kim K. <laughs> and I think there's another photo as well. Who we got, who, who we got there? Messi again, Beckham, the two Beckhams, the Beckham kids. Why do, you, why do you think all of these famous people, all of these celebrities turned up to this soccer game? Who was it they wanted to come and see? Messi. They, they were there to cheer for Messi. They were to say, welcome to America, Messi. They wanted to encourage him and see him do really well in his first game in Miami. But tell me this, what, what do you see nearly all of the famous people in the, even the photo, or both photos, what do you see all of these celebrities doing? Taking videos? Taking pictures? They're taking pictures of Messi. I'm all about David Beckham. He's just like, no screens, locked in, in the moment. Well, why do you think all of these famous people are taking pictures of Messi? What? He's famous and he is a good soccer player. Anyone else? Why do you think they're taking pictures? Yeah, David? Exactly, that's a good one, that they not only wanted to go and see him because he's the best, but they wanted other people to know that they got to go and see Messi. And no matter what it is, doesn't, doesn't the best, those that are best at something always get, get, get celebrated? Because isn't Messi one of the best, if not the best soccer player in the world? And if you're the best at something, isn't it the best people that often get celebrated? This, this, this photo 
that we are two photos that proves that even when someone is the best at one thing, they're still drawn to celebrate and watch those that are the best at something else. As mentioned, Serena Williams is in this photo, and she's one of, if not the best tennis players in history, and she wants to take her own picture of Messi because he is one of the best soccer players in history. Even the best at something love the best in something else. Everybody loves the best. We all admire those that are the best. And so it feels natural, doesn't it, to want to be the best? Do you know that feeling of wanting to be the best at something? You know, sometimes I think about, there's a part of me that thinks, can I be the best pastor? Could I, could, could I be the, the best preacher? And kids, maybe you guys, all 15 of you who were up here this morning and you were practicing before you came up, and maybe when you were practicing, did any of you guys have the thought, you know, I'd really like to be the best at this? I'd really like to come up here and be the best reader of Hebrews 11? Or maybe there's something else in your life and you want to be the best of. What, what, what other ideas maybe do you have that you want to be the best at? Does anybody want to be the best basketball player? There we go. There we go. Jimmy's up. Does anybody want, anyone, anybody want to be the best at playing an instrument? Any musicians in the room? We got a few. But you know what? What's really interesting in Hebrews 11 in the Bible's Hall of Fame, which you guys read, it, it doesn't say anything about these Bible characters that we listed through being the best at anything. Isn't that really weird that you get this long list of people that are in the Hall of Fame, famous in the Bible, and yet they're not the best at anything? It, it doesn't say anything about Abraham crushing it at T-ball. It doesn't say anything about Sarah being the, the captain, uh, captain of the volleyball team. It doesn't say anything about Moses being the smartest person in the class or Rahab going to the best school. In fact, you, you know what? There, there are some names in Hebrews 11, and I don't even think they were able to read. Isn't that amazing that the Bible would pe put people in its hall of fame who maybe couldn't even read? And they've become famous. The Bible, the Bible says we should celebrate them and remember them. So what kind of hall of fame is this? If these people aren't famous for being the best at anything, why are they even famous in the first place? Why are we even remembering them? Let me tell you why the people in Hebrews 11 are famous. Hebrews chapter 11 is part of a letter that we find in the Bible. And this letter, it was sent to some people that were having a really hard time. These people that got the letter were really sad and they were really discouraged. Because you know what was happening to them? They were being bullied. We, we, we don't know, really know where these people lived exactly or, or, or who they were exactly, but we do know that they were being picked on and they were being laughed at. And, at some, and we know that sometimes these, these people who got this letter were even being beaten up. The word for the kind of bullying that we know the people of Hebrews experienced is persecution. And sometimes it wasn't even because they were Christians that they were being treated badly. Sometimes it was just because they were, they were different. Maybe they spoke differently. Maybe they looked differently. And that's why they were picked on. You know, I can still remember when I, when I was a little, a little kid, maybe I was like seven or eight years old. We got some seven and eight-year-olds here. 
and I had an older brother, and he was around 10 or 11. Have we got some 10 or 11-year-olds here? And you know what? He was really badly bullied, really badly. Other kids would chase him, other kids would call him names, he would get beaten up, and he would come home, and he would have marks on his back or he was pushed against a wall. And you know, I, I can remember once being really, really angry. And I, I remember even, cr- I was crying in my bedroom by myself because my brother was being bullied. And so the people who got this letter, they are feeling really sad and they're probably feeling really mad. And they read Hebrews chapters, chapter 11. And you know what they're reminded in Hebrews chapter 11? That they weren't the first people to have found life really hard. They're reminded that they weren't the first people to find life really hard. There was other people who before them who were also bullied and other people who were picked on and laughed at in in verse eight. And you guys read this. We read about Abraham who lived far from home and far away from all of his family. In verse 11, we read about Sarah, and she had no children. She was lonely. In verse 23, we read about Moses, who was nearly killed as a little baby. Imagine people wanting to kill you, and you're still just only a little baby, and you haven't even grown up yet. In verse 29, we read about the Israelites, and that they lived as slaves in Egypt, and had to, they had to run for their lives into the desert. Hebrews 11 was first a reminder that we aren't the first to find life hard. You, you, you aren't the first person to want to wanna have more friends. You, you aren't the first person to be lonely. You aren't the first person to be bullied. You aren't the first person to feel left out. But you know what? That's not why the people in Hebrews 11 are famous. They, they, they aren't famous because they went through hard things. They're famous because even when life was hard, Our passage says they lived by faith. They're in the hall of fame because when they were scared, when they were in danger, when they were alone, they lived by faith. And that's what this passage today encourages us to do too, to live by faith. Let me give you an example from the passage in Hebrews 11 in verse 8. Who who, who read a little bit about Abraham? We got some folks that read Abraham, yeah? It says this, that Abraham lived by faith because he obeyed God. And when God told Abraham to go live somewhere new, it says Abraham obeyed God. He left his own country and went to another country, even though he did not know where he was going. Can you imagine that? This must have been really scary for Abraham to to pack up all of his things, to say goodbye to his friends, to say goodbye to his home, to say goodbye to his bedroom, move to a new house, not even knowing where his new home was going to be or whether he was going to like his new home or not. Or maybe you have to move to a new school. Or maybe some of the grown-ups have to move to a new job. And we we don't know what it's going to, to be like But our story says Abraham was able to do it because he lived by faith. So what does this mean to live by faith? Okay, I'm going to need a volunteer and it's going to have to be a very brave volunteer who's going to come up to the stage. Who wants to be a volunteer and come on up to the stage? Who wants to do it? Here we got Ezra, you want to come up? 
Okay, Ezra. Come on up. Are you brave? Are you brave? Okay. Do you think, Ezra, you can jump up on this? So what I want you to do is jump up there. Oh, oh. Okay, okay, yep. You want to get, I can give you a hand. You don't have to jump. You can just take a big step. Or you can, look at that. Okay, now I want you to turn around. And I want you to look that way. Take a few steps back. Now I want you to fall backwards. Oh, oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, well, not, not yet, when I'm ready, okay? And I'm going to catch you, okay? Do, do you believe me? Okay, that's good. Okay, wait. Okay, go. Please <laughs> try again. Okay, Ezra, I promise you that I'm going to catch you, okay? Wait, wait, wait. Okay, go. Woo! We go one more time? Okay. I'm going to catch you, I promise you, okay? Okay, go. Whoa! Woo! Way to go. Living by faith. So let's see. Hi. Does Ezra falling backwards off a box demonstrate faith? You see, when Ezra pushed back and then he let himself fall, did you see that bit? He had faith. He believed that I was going to catch him. He, he not only believed that I would catch him, but he actually fell, which proved that his faith was, was real. And that's what faith is, to not be able to see, but choosing still to fall, to not be able to see, but still choosing to take a step, to not be able to see, but still doing what's scary because you believe somebody is going to catch you. So Abraham went to a new country, even though he didn't know where he was going or what it was going to be like, but he went away because he believed that God was watching over him, that God would be there for him, that God would provide for him and his family in every way that they needed. You know, church, that's what all of these people are famous for. They are famous for trusting the Hall of Fame in Hebrews 11 is people who are famous for falling backwards and they are famous for being caught. When life was hard, when God wanted them to do hard things, they did the hard and the scary thing because they believed God would be there, working ultimately for their good and for their joy, that He'd be right behind them every day, every step of the way. And so Rogers Park, you could become famous for being the best. You could. You, you, you could be the best basketball player. You could be the world's best tennis player. You could be going to the best school and you could get the best job and you could live in the best house and you could drive the best, best car. But if you do, you remember the photo at the beginning? Remember, even if you are the best at one thing, you can't be the best at everything. Even our greatest heroes are still looking for a greater hero. Remember them with their phones? 
Even the best are still looking for somebody who is better. Church, Hebrews 11 isn't a reminder that being, is, isn't a reminder that being the best will solve our problems, but a reminder to be brave even when we aren't the best. To be brave when you can't stop the bullies. To be, to be brave when you're finding it hard to read. To, to be brave when you're kicked off the team. Because even when you fall, or maybe even when somebody pushes you, what we're here to celebrate today and every week is that Jesus came to catch us. And faith is when you realize you believe that he will. Faith is when you realize in your life, whatever is happening, you realize, you know, you know, you know that Jesus is going to catch you. So whatever hard thing you face church, whether it's a new home, whether it's a new school, whether it's a new job, wherever, whatever it is that you cannot see, may you, look to, may you not look to messy, may you not look to man. Chapter 12, verse 2 tells us to look to Jesus. He is before you. He is cheering you on. He is behind you, ready for when you fall. He came to be the forgiver of our sins. He is the hope of our tomorrow. He was compelled in love towards us, not by us at our best, but he is filled with a depth of mercy and compassion that took him to the cross by who we are at our worst. And when you live by faith, church, in the eyes of Jesus, you're famous. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your love. God, we thank you that you move towards us and you beckon us onwards and you call us into lives of faith, knowing, God, when we live lives of faith, we end up in your arms. God, you are drawing us closer to you. You are deepening our trust in you. So, God, I pray, God, that we will trust you. God, with whatever it is going on in our lives, whether it's finances, whether it's a new home, whether it's a new job, whether it's a new school, God, I pray, God, that you will remind us that you are going to catch us, that you are for your people. And God, you will never let us fall. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm -hmm.